Hello and welcome to The Grove Zone. You have tuned into the podcast of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins, Georgia. At Union Grove, we are learning, serving, giving, and connecting under the leadership of our senior pastor, Dr. David Anthony Clark, Sr. For more information on Union Grove, find us on the web at www. Dot the grovewr.org. And now, here's a word from the Lord. We're going to make progress in this series of sermons from 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5. God just put it on my heart to encourage the people of God to be strong. Right now, we need to be strong. And my encouragement to everyone is let's get stronger in this pandemic. Let's get stronger during this season. So much coming against us to drain us, to make us weak and weary. But I want to encourage you to make a commitment to the Lord that we're going to get stronger. So we've, uh, we've been given a series of sermons, Be Strong, Five Keys to Gaining Spiritual Strength in Tough Times. Today we're going to deal with key number three. Key number three, which deals with personal responsibility personal responsibility again we're in first peter chapter 5 i'm going to read these 11 verses in first peter 5 you've already heard second peter chapter 1 uh, which gives us insight to personal responsibility but i want to read first peter chapter 5 all 11 or these first these first 11 verses and uh, we'll deal well we're going to deal with a good bit of it we're going to deal with a good bit of bit of it so keep your bibles open keep your apps open if you can have both open at the same time, the platform where you're catching us as well as the word of God, if you can have both of them open, that'd be great. I want you to see these scriptures as we deal with them, uh, just for the sake of their being reiterated in your spirit uh, as you see them as I read them. First Peter 5, 1 through 11, the elders which are among you, I exhort, which also am an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being in samples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder, yea, all of you. Be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect Establish, strengthen, settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Again, we're making progress in this sermon series. Five, uh, be strong, five keys to gaining spiritual strength in tough times. And there's nothing really catchy or uh, flashy about today's title. Is simply be responsible. 
Be responsible. Plain and simple, be responsible. Amen. Amen. I was talking to my nephew Friday, and he told me uh, how he's been in the gym lately. And so I shared how I, I've seen his pictures on Facebook where he's uh, been making comments on the gains he's making. And he shared how at one time he was bench pressing 135, 135 pounds, and now he's, he's up to 215 pounds. So he's stronger. He's stronger. His increase in strength is not accidental. It's not inevitable. He is stronger now than he was a few months ago due to deliberate, intentional effort on his part. Yes, he's working out with a trainer, but if Micah had done nothing more than listen to his trainer with no work on his own, he would still be bench pressing only 135 pounds. The trainer plays a part, but Micah has done his part, and now he's stronger and can lift more weight. I want to ask you something. Uh, are, are you stronger are you stronger now than you were a few months ago, a few years ago? How strong are you? How strong are you when it comes to resisting the devil? Are you stronger now than you were before the pandemic? Are you stronger now than you were a year ago? I ask because just as my nephew's strength increased due to his deliberate, intentional effort, you're getting stronger spiritually happens the same way. Micah's trainer plays a part in Micah's gains. Your pastor plays a part in your spiritual gains. But trainers and pastors are very, very limited in how gains are made in their respective context. If you and I are going to get stronger spiritually, we've got to work at it. We've got to work at it. Personal responsibility is a key to growing stronger. So what we mean by personal responsibility, uh, it can vary in different people's minds. Some have broken the word responsibility down to a, con a contraction of two words, response and ability, saying that it can be seen as the ability to respond to situations in life. Personal responsibility could be defined as an individual's being responsible, answerable, or accountable for something within your own power, control, or management. It boils down to your doing something about what you can do something about. Let's say that again. It boils down to your doing something about what you can do something about. Personal responsibility is seen in what you're going to do about what you can control. And for members of the Union Grove family, it can be seen in your ensuring you learn, serve, give, and connect. So where is personal responsibility in the text? Uh, in some places, it may not, it may not be as obvious uh, as it is in others. But let's run through. The text today so I can show you how Peter is really addressing personal responsibility. First of all, Peter would tell us that personal, personal responsibility in this text is seen where he's encouraging us to be feedable. Feedable. I'm in verses 1 and 2 where Peter insinuates that the sheep ought be feedable. Peter exhorted the elders to feed or lead, feed, guide, and protect the flock of God. The sheep, God's people, need to be feedable, leadable guidable, protectable, but some, unfortunately, are not. Tom Rayner, writer, researcher, former pastor and president and CEO of Lifeway, posted a blog article recently entitled, Five Types of Church Members Who Will Not Return After the Quarantine. Among the five is what he calls the constant critic church member. The constant critic church member, all they do is complain about the pastor. 
they are probably not returning to church after the quarantine and probably not experiencing spiritual growth during the quarantine. If you are going to grow stronger, be responsible, feedable sheep in the flock of God. Peter would also tell us that personal responsibility is seen when he encourages us to be engageable. Engageable. In verses 5 through 7, Peter in encourages all of us to be engageable. He wrote the saints and gave them the responsibility of engaging in intergenerational relationships. Each person to whom Peter wrote was held responsible for submitting to the others. The saints were to take initiative in mutual submission and engaging with one another. If intergenerational relationships are going to help you grow stronger, you must be engageable. Then Peter would tell us in verse number six to be humble, be humble. When Peter told them to humble themselves, humble themselves, it was incumbent upon each of them to do just that. Then he encouraged them and encourages us when he says God gives grace to the humble. If grace were to find them, it would be because they humbled themselves. Personal responsibility. Then in verse number seven, Peter would tell us be prayable. Be prayable, be prayable. Peter told his audience to cast their cares, their worries, their anxieties upon the Lord. Each person would have to do that themselves. Each of them would have to be prayable. In other words, able to pray. Every follower of Jesus ought find it easy to pray. Joyce Meyer said prayer is simply talking to God like a friend and should be the easiest thing we do each day. Not only ought our responsibility be seen in our being feedable, engageable, humble, and prayable, but in verse 8, Peter would tell us to be unshockable. Unshockable. Peter expected his brothers and sisters to be unshockable. He placed the onus of being sober, alert, vigilant, and on the lookout. Uh, for the devil he put it all on the audience to whom he has written no one was looking out for the devil for them they had to look out for him themselves if the devil snuck up on them undetected there would be no one to blame but themselves then Peter in verse 9 verse 9 y'all Peter would tell us to be resistable not irresistible but resistable able to resist Able to resist the onslaught of the enemy. He encouraged them to be mindful of their brothers and sisters in Christ who were suffering around the world. Told them to resist the enemy. And he wrote, watch this, he wrote as if the saints were able to control their own thoughts and their ability to resist the devil. What you think about can, inf can inflate or deflate your spirit. When Peter told them, think about all your brothers and sisters and their sufferings around the world. In other words, y'all ain't the only ones going through. You're not the only one suffering. You're not the only one who's really catching it from the devil. Your brothers and sisters are, are, are going through all around the world. So think about them. Think, think about other people who are going through in addition to you. It will empower you to be resistable, able to resist the devil and I want to encourage all of you to really think about what you're thinking about because what you think about can inflate or deflate you I was putting some air in one of my tires last week and noticed that my tire as I was trying to inflate it it was actually deflating and so I was trying to I was trying to understand why is my tire while I'm trying to inflate it 
it's deflating. So I'm over there at Kroger on Highway 96, and they got the little machine and the pump, and I got the thing up to my tire stem, and my tire was deflating instead of inflating because I didn't turn on the little, the little generator that would send air through the holes and into my tire. I figured since the air was free, I could just hook the thing up to my tire. <laughs> I could just hook the thing up to my tire, and it would inflate. But I kept hearing, I kept seeing my tire go down, and I'm checking the pressure in my dashboard, and it's is going down and I realized I didn't turn on the power source so as a result of not turning on the power source I was deflating my tire with the same thing that could inflate my tire but once I turned on the power source instead of deflating my tire I was inflating my tire come on in a little closer let me talk to you what you think about is the same mind that can either deflate you or inflate you connect to the power source and let your thoughts inflate your anointing in Christ Jesus personal responsibility y'all all I'm trying to tell you is that personal responsibility is a key factor to your level of spiritual strength if you are going to get stronger Peter would tell us to be feedable engageable humble prayable unshockable resistible and controllable with our thoughts but you may be asking, but, but if I want to get stronger, if I, if I really want to get stronger, are there any practical tips that, that Peter gives in his exhortation? Are there any practical steps I can take so that I can be more responsible than I've been in the past? Maybe, maybe, maybe you're, you're, you're willing to admit that you've not been as responsible as a steward of your own spiritual development as you should have been. Maybe you're willing to admit that ever since this pandemic where you couldn't, you, you can't come to your church uh, as you have in the past and you can't engage with the saints physically as you have in the past maybe you're willing to admit that since the pandemic you have drifted away from God and you've gotten weaker in your faith and you've given in to your flesh more and more and that you've resolved today that you want to be stronger in the Lord and in the power of his might I'm, I've got good news for you you can get stronger you, you, you can get stronger where you can resist the devil you can resist all of his temptations you can get stronger and I listen I understand that some people may have drifted away from God during this pandemic even before the pandemic it's, it's nothing for people to drift away from God but today is the day where you can declare I'm running back to God I'm going to be more personal, personally responsible for how I'm thinking for what I'm saying for what I'm doing I I want God's will to prevail over my will and lately maybe you're willing to admit you don't have to type it in the comment section everybody doesn't have to know your business but maybe you're willing to admit that you you've not been praying as you should have been you've not been you've you've not been withstanding the temptations as you should have been but today today can be a new day for you and if the truth is told let me go on and throw this in if you have drifted away from God during this pandemic you really have no one to blame but yourself but the good news is, the great news, the awesome news is that you can be stronger. You can, you can be more, you can mature in being personally responsible and, and move to a place where you find more consistency in God's will prevailing over your will. How can it happen? How can I become more mature and more 
personally responsible and stronger in Christ? That's a good question. I'm glad you asked. Three things real quick, and we're going to raise up. Number one, if you want to be stronger and more personally responsible for your spiritual development and your level of strength in Christ, number one, relocate. Relocate. Plain and simple. Re relocate. Now, this is not this, this is not in the text that we're studying today, but it 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 it, it influences, it, it impacts the context of the text that we're examining today. Because in the first chapter of Peter, Peter addresses his audience, these brothers and sisters in Christ, as strangers who are scattered in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. It was listen, he, he addresses them as strangers living in these cities because it was so dangerous for them to live for Christ where they were previously living they had to relocate to these other places where it appeared safer for them to live they relocated to Pontus Galatia Cappadocia Asia Bithynia because excuse me because had they stayed where they were previously they probably would have died there Yes, they made conscious decisions to leave where they were and relocate to other cities so they could live. Where they are now in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia is not because they were sentenced to these places. The military did not PCS them to these places. They were not sent to these places TDY or temporary for temporary duty. They ended up where they are because they decided it was time to leave where they were. If we were to visit them where they are now and ask them who's responsible for their being in those places they would likely respond where we were previously wasn't working for us and we made a conscious decision to grab what we could leave while we still had breath and settle down where we are now if you are about to die where you are you may need to relocate shift transition move so you can live relocation may not necessarily mean a geographical move or a transition to another ministry or changing your membership relocate out of hypocrisy relocate out of bitterness and unforgiveness relocate out of anxiety and cast your cares upon the Lord relocate out of that place of anxiety that is causing your vision to vanish get out of that mediocrity that is annihilating your anointing relocate out of that that carnality that is drowning your development relocate from that backslidden place that is slaughtering your sanctification relocate out of rebellion and be shepherded and submit to one another move away from pride and humble yourself whether you realize it or not I'm in first Peter 5 yeah move, move away from pride and humble yourself relocate out of that place where you are drifting away from God now during this pandemic is not the time for any follower of Jesus to drift away from God and again if you drift away from God in this season of virtual worship experiences online during the Rona can you blame anyone other than yourself if you decide to stay where you are when you know God has called you to a new level of worship you can't blame anyone but yourself if you decide to stay at a place where your mind soul and strength are not increasing in a love for God you can't blame anyone but yourself if you are in a place in your life where you are not laying aside weight and sin so you can endure the race set before you you cannot blame anyone but yourself make a decision today 
Make a decision today. I'm not dying here. I'm not dying here. If you repent, if you repent and confess your sins, God is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you and move you to a new place in him starting today starting today if you get in God's presence and declare I know I can be stronger than this I know you have not ordained for me to die grossly underdeveloped I'm making some changes I'm coming after you I'm pursuing your presence I'm pursuing your will I'm pursuing your glory I'm coming after a greater level of anointing I with all of my getting I'm going to be more deliberate and intentional and consistent in getting understanding and I'm telling you that if you surrender your will to God, God will do exceeding abundantly above all you could ever ask or think according to his power that works in you. So all I'm trying to tell you is it's up to you. You may want to blame any and everybody for why you are where you are right now and why you're in what you're in right now. But if you stay where you are, when it is the will of God for you to make a move, you have no one to blame but yourself. It's up to you. It's up to you. Seek the Lord and make your move. Your growth may be tied to a decision to relocate to a safer place where you are able to get closer to God and he in turn will get closer to you. Oh, yes. If I want to be more personally responsible, if I want to be stronger in Christ, I need to relocate. But here's the second thing I would encourage you to consider. In addition to relocate, I would encourage you to consider to redefine church redefine church some of you would do so well some saints would really do themselves a favor if they would redefine church some saints aren't growing stronger because they have a misunderstanding of what it means to be a part of a church family some saints are deceived into believing that church is just another place for me to consume content to help me deal with my problems or get inspiration or network for business deals or hook up with some fly sister or swagged out brother. If you aren't growing stronger, you may need to redefine church. According to what Peter has written his followers, church is not a place. Rather, church is a people, a people who empower one another to resist the devil. If I understand what Peter wrote in verses 1 through 4 of 1 Peter chapter 5, the church has shepherds to feed me, lead me, guide me, and guard me so I am empowered to resist the devil. If I understand what Peter wrote in verses 5 through 9 of 1 Peter chapter 5, in the church I am to submit in intergenerational relationships so the elders and the youngers empower me to apply what I'm fed by the shepherds so I am empowered to submit myself and humble myself cast all my own anxieties sober my own spirit and control my own thinking so I can do all I can to resist the devil if I understand James in James chapter 5 verses 13 to 14 the church teaches me to pray if I have hardships praise him if I'm happy and I can call for the elders to pray over me if I'm sick if I understand Jesus, his church, listen, his church, his church is made up of disciples who are making disciples of all nations as they go. His church feeds him when he's hungry, gives him drink when he's thirsty, takes him in when he's a stranger, clothes him when he's naked, and visits him when he's sick and in prison. 
In other words, those of us who make up the Lord's church have responsibilities. We have responsibilities. Everyone who follows Jesus has responsibilities. And listen to me, please. Listen to me, please. I need, you, I need your undivided attention. If you're cooking right now, just give me your undivided attention. If you're making the bed right now, just pause. Give me your undivided attention. If you're ironing clothes for the rest of the day, listen. If you're doing your hair, just pause for a minute. Give me your undivided attention for what I'm about to say. You've got to be responsible because you have to see yourself as a resource in the Lord's church. You've got to see yourself as a resource in the Lord's church. It doesn't matter how the shepherd sees you. You've got to see yourself as a resource. It doesn't matter how the elders may see you or how the young ones may see you. You've got to see yourself as a resource in the Lord's church. I need somebody to type in the comments, I am a resource. I am a resource in the Lord's church. You are a resource in the Lord's church. Peter is writing to hated people. They have fled where they were living because they were persecuted. Persecuted. They, they were hated people. They've had to relocate. And now they got to see themselves as resources. This is why they were to submit to one another and humble themselves and get rid of their anxieties because they were to be resources for one another. You are a resource. Somebody type in those comments. Listen, if you're on Facebook or YouTube, I am a resource. You are part of the church so you can be a blessing to all generations. All, listen, after all that you've gone through, after all that you've endured, after all the Lord has done to keep you alive while the devil has been trying to devour you, is because the Lord has ordained for you to be a resource in his church. This is why you cannot allow pride to get in the way. This is why you must be shepherded. Even in the midst of this pandemic, you are a resource. This is why you must humble yourself. This is why you cannot be addicted to anxiety. You are a resource. You are ordained to be a blessing to the generations. You are anointed to be a blessing to the generations. You have been kept alive to be a blessing to the generations. You are a resource. I, 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 growing up, I, I used to love to watch the Beverly Hillbillies. I don't know if y'all, like, I love to watch me some Beverly Hillbillies. Coming home from school, I'd watch, I'd watch me some Beverly Hillbillies, and uh, I, I, I didn't mind uh, the few episodes where I could catch Ellie Mae in the cement pond and, and, and all of that. But, but the, there's one thing about the Beverly Hillbillies um, that, that really cracks me up of how they, they saw, the, they, they had this, this fancy, they, they called it the fancy eating table. They would sit down at, at the, the, the fancy eating table, which was actually a pool table. But they had never seen a pool table. They were, they were so rural. They were so country. Listen, they didn't even know a pool table when they saw one. So when they saw the pool table in their own house, they called it the fancy eating table. So then, listen, they would take the pool sticks, you know, the pool cues. They, they thought those were pot passers and meat stickers. <laughs> They didn't listen. They would, they would take the pool. They figured the, the table is so big, these, these pot passers, which were actually the pool sticks, the cues, they, they, they thought that it was for passing the pot from, from where you were to somebody else who was so distant and far away from you. They thought they were pot passers and, and meat stickers. They, they took something that was meant for one thing and made it to be meant for something else. Yeah, they, they didn't know any better. They, 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 they sat down at the fancy eating table and called it something 
that they came up with. It, it, it's something that they came up with. And some of us treat the church the same way. We don't treat it the way God meant for it to be treated. We treat it according to something that we've come up with. Type amen if you know what I'm talking about. We took it and made it something we've come up with. But today can be a new day. A new day with a, new, a renewed perspective of the Lord's church. Some saints need to repent for reducing the Lord's church to a place you might grace with your presence if you have time. Some saints have made belonging. Listen, some saints have made belonging to the Lord's church on par with belonging to other stuff in your life. But if you repent and redefine church as a people where you are shepherded and strengthened and can strengthen others, it can turn your life around. If you see, listen, if you see beyond the flaws of your shepherd and the weaknesses of church folk who get on your last nerve, it can turn your life around. If you see engaging with your brothers and sisters in church as optional rather than a necessity, you need to re redefine the church and it could turn your life around. Listen, all I'm trying to say is if you don't see engaging with Jesus church as a necessity and a priority, repent and redefine church we need church we need one another you may not need to come to the building and this pandemic may be opening your eyes to where you may not feel like you need to come to the building but you need the church we all need the church is anybody praying with me today Yes, we, we need the church. And if you don't see engaging with Jesus' church as a necessity and priority, repent. Redefine the church. We need to be responsible, engaged partners with God and what he is doing in and through his church. Humble yourself and make it a priority. Lay aside the pride that deceives you into believing you don't need the church. We all need the church. And again, again, I'm not talking about the building. I'm talking about the temple of the living God, his people, the church. Because Jesus didn't die for no building. Jesus didn't die for a place for you to treat as an option. He died for a people he's returning to redeem. Jesus didn't die for your fraternity or sorority. He died for his church. Michelle and I supported our kids in their extracurricular activities, but we made it clear that they would still not only attend church, but be engaged in ministry. We needed them to know that Jesus didn't die for travel ball or marching bands. He died for his church. And when he returns, he is, and he is coming back. When he returns, he's coming back for his church. He's not coming back for any branch of the military. He's not coming back for any fraternity or sorority. He's not coming back for Democrats, nor Republicans, liberals, nor conservatives. He's coming back for his blood-bought, blood-washed, saved, and sanctified church. And I want to be with him. Can I get a witness in here? I want to be with him. I want to be ready when he comes so I can be with him. Do you want to be with Jesus? Do you want to be with him forever and ever and ever? If you do, then no more church as a consumer. No more using church to be nothing more than a coping mechanism for your troubles. No more. No more church being nothing more than a building I show up at when I have Sundays off. No more church being nothing more than a social club. No more shutting down your gift when you don't get your way. The Lord's church is a people who are to be responsible stewards and resisting the devil. Some of you could be stronger if you simply redefine church to make it align with the word of God and the heart of God. Blessed be the name of our God. So if you want to be stronger, if you want to be stronger, you got to be personally, you got to, you got to exercise personal responsibility. You may have to relocate. You may have to redefine church. And finally, finally, you may need to release the excuses. 
you may need to release the excuses. I think that, that, that preaches itself. I don't even think I need to elaborate on that. We might get out of church early today. <laughs> release the excuses. Anyone who wants to get stronger spiritually would do well to release their excuses. Every excuse for not being shepherded, every excuse for not submitting, release them. Every excuse for not casting your cares, every excuse for not being alert, every excuse for giving in to the enemy and allowing your will to prevail over God's will needs to be identified and released. No more excuses for irresponsibility. Stop living as if no one is holy enough to shepherd you. Stop living as if all the older saints are stuck in their ways and cannot bless you. Stop living as if all the younger saints have a sense of entitlement and don't want to listen. Stop living as if you're never guilty of pride or can blame, blame others for decisions you've made. Release the excuses. Stop talking about how you can't help it when it comes to worry and anxiety. Stop making excuses for repeatedly giving in to your flesh. Release the excuses. When Peter exhorted the saints in our text, he didn't expect any pushback. He really didn't expect any excuses. He expected the saints to be responsible and make it do what it do. And when you release the excuses, according to what Peter shares with us, when you release the excuses, God releases favor. Peter told him, I'm in verse 5, verse 5 and verse 6, Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Here it is. Humble yourselves. That's personal responsibility. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. If you humble yourself, God will send grace your way, for he resists the proud, and he gives grace to the humble. When you admit you've held yourself back, God releases favor. When you admit the shepherd, the reason you deliberately and knowingly disobey God, God releases favor. When you release the excuses that keep you weak and defeated by the enemy, God releases favor. When you release yourself from the blame game and stop blaming people who are not at fault for your behavior, God releases favor. When you declare you are no longer going to play the can't help it, God releases favor. When you humble yourself under God's mighty hand, he releases his favor in your life. You see, pride keeps us. It keeps us in a perpetual kindergarten of following Christ. Pride weakens you. It, it dilutes the anointing in your life. Pride sets you up for being devoured by the enemy. Pride makes you think you don't need any help. And this is why God resists the proud. Pride suggests that God cannot help you. That's why the word of God says repeatedly, God resists the proud. But he gives grace to the humble. And let me tell you this. If God can't help you, no one can help you. Bless his holy name. But when you humble yourself, when you humble yourself, when you see that it is up to you to humble yourself, God releases favor in your life. And when God releases favor, when God releases favor, you have power to endure. God's favor releases power to overcome. God's favor gives you power to come out of this stronger better and wiser God's favor is available to us at the throne of grace no one can go get it for you you have to get before the throne of grace yourself
The Bible declares in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 to 16. So then, since we have a great high priest, Jesus, who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses. For Listen, for he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly. Let us come with confidence. Let us come. Listen, let, let you come for yourself on your own behalf before the throne, before the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. And I believe somebody today, you, you've gone through your share of trials, but today you may feel like you need it more. You need grace more today than you ever have. Maybe you've had your share of troubles and tribulations, but today you may feel like you need it more. You need great God's grace more than you ever have. You may have been weak before, but this weakness right here, this weakness right here, this spiritual weakness right here is incomparable to the other weaknesses that you had. And you need grace like you've never needed it before. Listen, you've got to release the excuses that's keeping you from praying. Release the excuses that's keeping you from drawing nigh to God. Release the excuses that's keeping you from getting in his presence. And listen, God will meet you there. God will meet you there and give you grace in your present circumstance. So why have you not been praying without ceasing? Why have you allowed the pandemic to pull you away from prayer? What excuse do you have? Who do you have to blame? You may need to look in the mirror and humbly admit nobody but me. But if you humble yourself and get before the throne of grace, God's favor is coming your way. I need somebody to type that in the comments. God's grace is coming my way. God's favor is coming my way. Tell, Listen, I want to tell you favor is coming your way. God's favor is why you're going to win. God's favor is why you're going to make it. Paul declared God's favor made him strong when he was weak. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 9 and 10, Paul talked about his thorn in the flesh and then he said that Jesus responded to him my grace is all you need my grace is sufficient my power works best in weakness so now Paul says so now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me that's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults hardships persecutions and troubles that I suffer for Christ for when I am weak then I am strong because grace is God in action doing for you what you can't do for yourself. And when you can't move yourself forward, God will help you move forward. When you can't, when you can't stand of your own accord, God will give you strength and help you stand. When you feel like you can't go another further, God will show up in your life and manifest grace in your spirit and give you strength to go another further. Paul said when he was weak. Christ went to work. When his troubles made him seek the Lord for help, Christ went to work. When his burdens got him down and made him weak, he sought the Lord and realized Christ was already at work. When he felt like he wasn't getting through to God the first time, Jesus was saying, I'm already at work. When he was still dealing with this thorn when he prayed the second time, Christ was saying, I'm already at work. 
when he prayed the third time, when the thorn was not removed just yet, Christ was making it clear, I'm already at work. Maybe that's why you're still here, because Christ is already at work. Maybe that's why you haven't succumbed to your suffering just yet, because Christ is making it clear, I'm already at work. The reason why the devil hasn't taken you out yet is because Christ is already at work. The reason why that depression, that depression and grief has made you lose your mind is because Christ is already at work. The reason why you have joy in your sorrow and hope for your tomorrow is because Christ is manifesting his, his sufficient grace in your life and making it clear that when you release your excuses, he can release his favor. He is already at work. How about somebody type that in the comments? He's already at work. Encourage everybody else on Facebook and YouTube and tell them he's already at work. Just Jesus is already at work. The anointing is already at work. His favor is already at work. Blessed be the name of our God. And so the reason why Paul's thorn didn't destroy him was because Christ was already releasing favor in Paul's life. Christ was already at work. So be responsible. Release the excuses. Get before the throne of grace and get the help you need to walk in victory. If you do, you're going to win. You're going to make it. You're going to overcome the enemy. And I believe somebody today is making up in their mind, I'm going to start winning. I'm tired of losing. I'm tired of being defeated in my mind. I'm tired of being defeated in my spirit. I'm tired of being defeated in how I look at people and how I look at my church, how I look at my shepherds and how I look at my circumstances. I am not going to be defeated anymore. Somebody needs to declare greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. Somebody needs to declare even in the midst of everything I'm going through, I'm still more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus who loves me. So I'm closing by telling you this really it's up to you how strong you get is up to you how much stronger you're going to be in the next 30 days the next 60 days the next six months really a lot of it is up to you if you still want to go on letting Netflix absorb all of your time and, 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 and all of these other things that can really be a waste of time when you when you overindulge in them if you want to remain as weak as you are and make all kinds of excuses and blame all kinds of people and all kinds of situations listen listen I want to encourage you it doesn't have to be that way you can be stronger take ownership of your strength take ownership of your own development take ownership of your own strength in God you can be stronger if you need to move from where you are go on and move relocate if you need to redefine how you've looked at the church, get in the word of God so that your definition of the church aligns with the word and the heart of God. And so that you can see yourself as a resource in God's church rather than a liability. And then I would encourage you release all of those excuses. Take ownership of your destiny. Take ownership of where you're going to be, who you're going to become in God and be stronger. Be stronger in him and in the power of his might I'm telling you this because it's possible it's possible for you to be stronger it's possible for you to walk in another level of joy another level of peace another level of confidence another level of humility another level of favor I know because I've done it myself <laughs> listen 
I wasn't born with a Bible in my hand. I was not born with a collar around my neck. God had to do some work in me. And I'm so grateful that God, God has done his work. But here's the deal. I, I did my part. I've done my part. I've never given my, I've never given ownership of my growth to anyone else. I've always retained ownership of my own growth and development and realize if I'm going to get stronger, it's, it's going to be on me. Can't nobody go to the gym for me? Can't nobody go to the study for me? Can't nobody pray and fast to get me stronger? Listen, I got to do it. And here's the deal. As, as I've done my part all these years, as I've been in the word all these years, as I've had to relocate over and over again all these years, as I've had to redefine the church over and over again all these years, as I have had to release the excuses all these years, I acknowledge that I've done my part, but I can't take the credit for who I have become in Christ. God made it work. God gets the glory. All the prayers that I've rendered, God made them work. All the studying that I've done, God made it work. Everything I've done to get stronger, God made it work. I give God glory, and I pray that he continues to take my efforts and make them work. One final thing, and I'm done. I finally hired a trainer. I think I told, I hired a trainer. I, I hired a personal trainer because um, everything I was doing to lose weight and get rid of belly fat, it wasn't working. I'm watching YouTube videos and reading articles and doing all kind of stuff and eating this and drinking that and not eating that and getting away from processed foods and decreasing the sugar and all of it. And I'm working out like crazy and I was seeing no results. Hired my trainer. Uh, my trainer, my nephew lives in Michigan. We Zoom and we train. So he's helping me not only with the training piece, but the nutrition piece. And he's helping me to see where I've been going wrong. I could only do so much on my own. There was something missing that wasn't that that was keeping what I was doing from giving me gains. But when I when I reached outside myself, when I swallowed my pride and acknowledged I need some help. Reached out and got some help. I'm, I'm seeing some gains. I'm seeing some differences. And maybe that's where you are. Maybe, may, maybe you need to start relying so much on yourself. God has to help you. God has to take your prayers and, 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 and mold you into more of a prayer warrior. God has to take your pain and mold you into more of, a, of an empathetic uh, counselor, an empathetic, empathetic resource that you, where you can help the people of God in the body of Christ. I'm saying that God can take all your efforts and make increase. You can do all the sowing, all the watering, but if God doesn't bless it, it won't change you for the better at all let God have his way humble yourself and let God help you so that you can be an even more valuable resource in his church I pray something that I shared today blessed you I pray that something I've shared with you today makes you stronger amen this has been Dr. David Anthony Clark of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins Georgia we thank you for listening if you're ever in the Middle Georgia area, please worship with us. On the behalf of Dr. Clark and the Union Grove family, thank you for listening.